Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk Man, I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. That's right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. Let me go ahead and bring in the rest of the team because we don't have a lot of time to waste this week. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, no longer the man behind the glass, the man who sits next to me here at the table. He's still behind the board, twisting and tweaking, and if it were not for him, this podcast would be way worse than it already is. Uh, Matt Butler. Matt, what's up, man? I was actually curious as to why we have a fishing show on here in the studio, which looks apropos. It's all cloudy outside. We're next to Lake Austin. It used to be one of the best bass fishing lakes in the entire city or state but other than that uh random nothing just a lot of basketball <laughs> a lot of basketball it, 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 we're also mad i also thank you this time of year because we're getting into severe weather season oh yeah a little this bit is, this is the this is the time of year where tornadic your, your activity in, your antenna goes up that's a good yes, word that's why <laughs> that's a damn good word i'm gonna use that more yeah that He's is a, a good tornadic sp- presence on the field oh man yes they're, they're very yeah. a lot of old madden inside yeah. there that would be sophisticated <laughs> madden and Yes, he, John Randall, just a tornado up the middle. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, no man. May always is whenever you see those really heavy duty uh, twisters possibly come down. We get the bottom of the whole tornado alley, and right now looking outside, it, a couple clouds coming in. So next few evenings may have that humidity, get some rain. Uh, a man who uh, was uh, caused tornadic activity when he was on the gridiron at uh, times. The Texas Longhorns at times. Uh, Ask Nate Hibble and uh, Josh Fields. <laughs> Oklahoma. They'll tell you what's going on. Uh, don't ask Mike Tice, though, because he won't believe what coverage you were in. Uh, you to, <laughs> I saw Mike Tice to, in the news Rod, somewhere recently. No, it's not Mike Tice. You saw Matt Miller. Ah. He's a, he's oh, a I heart, saw that, too. He has yeah. a heart ailment, unfortunately. He's a heart transplant. Yeah, I saw that, too. Very sad. Um, we can get to that here in a sec, but uh, let me finish the intro because he is a lifetime Longhorn. He's our lockdown corner here on the show. Uh, 2002 UT All-America, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants 15 years ago, back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas at a 40 acres, where he earned his degree. If he had his T-ring, knew where it was, he would wear it proudly. But nevertheless, <laughs> he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and we got to get those cards done at some point. Oh, uh, I did. That's Mike Tyson. Number one in your program. Number 21 in your program, I should say. Number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Robbie, what are we looking at right now? Uh, okay, <laughs> he's Mike Tice. He was right about Mike Tice. who he had a funny head headline Mike, recently. When he brought me in. Mike Tice recently retired from coaching. Um, I think his statement, uh, one of the statements he made when retiring, is players yeah. don't want to be coached anymore. He just said straight. He was they just don't want to be coached you anymore. You know what I can say about this, and I'm not joking. This is, and I'm so rant. I'm actually going to go on on the show mm-hmm. uh, at one point, and maybe I'll do it today. It, it, there is an adjustment. Listen, b- even Bill Belichick is going through an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And this guy, what he rules with player empowerment. Fist. He pl- he treats the player that's number one on his roster the same as the player that's number fifty three on his roster. And after about fifteen. Almost 20 years, mm-hmm. the millennials, they don't really like it. Mm-hmm. Deion Lewis, Nate Soder, uh, what was another guy? Danny Amendola have all come out publicly and said, Man, it's a hard life being a New England Patriot. Yes, we win championships, it's great, but man, I'm, I'm about, you know, trying to live a good life. Marty and, Beef. And even his, his his field general, Tom Brady, is leading the revolt because Tom Brady has evolved into TB12. He's hostilic. It's all about, you know, he wants um he wants spirituality and, and positive. Activity now around him with his mm-hmm. Alex Guerrero, his guru. So it didn't look at Popovich. Yeah. Last two years, no dunking in the locker room. Popovich also rules with an iron fist, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He has had to evolve. He said last year was the first time anybody ever asked him to be traded from the Spurs. It was Lamarcus Aldridge, one of his stars. Right. This year, his star wouldn't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no, player empowerment is it, huge. It's, it's, it is, it's a millennial thing. It is a millennial thing. Like millennials, they, they're more sensitive, they're more empathetic. They also, uh, you know, and Tom Herman's, I'm no sure, question. 
of a master of it. Yeah, they question a lot more things Why? than other players before them, and they are more empowered. They're they're brought up to believe they're going to be special. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the savior. You're great. No bullying. No nothing. You are everything. And I think now even Bill Belichick and and Popovich, who are the greatest coaches right now in our generation, are having a tough time evolving. Yeah, it's hard, man. It ain't easy. Uh, yeah. Guys that figured out uh, that it's a business at the next level. Rodby, you found mm. this out once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, the NFL draft went down over the weekend. Not a bad real. weekend for the Longhorns. Four guys drafted yeah. Connor Williams in the second round by the Dallas Cowboys. I love that pick. Malik Jefferson going in the third round to the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals. Michael Dixon. Actually, the Seattle Seahawks traded up to get him in the fifth like round. To get a punter. And Deshaun Elliott going to the Baltimore Ravens in the sixth round, which he, I didn't know, I was hoping the Ravens didn't have a seventh round pick, but they did because Deshaun Elliott is Ossie Newsom's next to last draft pick he'll ever make as the Baltimore Ravens oh, yeah, GM because right. he's stepping mm-hmm. down after yeah. the year. Yeah, right. um, and the Ravens, you know, the Ravens have had success with Texas guys. They, they signed Priest Holmes as an undrafted free agent once upon a time. Tucker. Mm-hmm. Justin Tucker, Shockey Brown, yeah. Michael Huff had a cup of coffee with the Ravens. So did uh, Aaron Ross. Kendall. Sergio Kendall was drafted by the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They like that Longhorn pipeline. Yeah, not a bad. They they typically go for big school guys. And, and you Ravens know what? They do. develop talent really well. So even if you end up with an organization like the Ravens as a six-round pick or undrafted, you know you're going to be coached up uh, for a guy to Sean Elliott and help John Harbaugh is originally a special teams guy and I think a DB right. coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they take pride in their DBs. Hell, when Ozzie Newsom is picking you, hey, uh, hey, you got a lot of upside. Yeah, period. exactly. <laughs> so it's a compliment in itself. So Rod, I want to I want to spend some of this podcast, most of it, kind of focus on the draft, and I want to look at, at the guys who are replacing the guys that are leaving because yeah. we haven't really dove into that mm-hmm. in full blast this offseason. But when you look at it, the thing that jumps out, I think, to everybody is well, there's two things. One, some of these guys went later than maybe we thought they would or we heard they could. Definitely. I think everybody went later than I thought they would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's that. The second thing is the primary of the two guys that didn't get drafted that we all thought they probably would based on the rumor Mm -hmm. and innuendo and and what was out there in the published reports, Holton Hill and Puna Ford. And we'll start with Holton Hill, Rod, because you dropped the the nugget of information last week from your conversation with Kyle Shanahan that Holton Hill is a guy that NFL teams really liked. Yeah. I mean, Shanahan even brought him up. But, of Possibly a second-round guy. Yeah, but they were concerned about the 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 off-the-field decisions. They were concerned about the uh, the issues that had held him back even here in Texas. And, and le- obviously, oh, I think overly concerned about him, but it ended up affecting his draft stock. And, and let's talk about those off-field decisions because the, the cat's out of the bag now. Um, I was listening to the ticket in Dallas, listening to their draft coverage over the mm-hmm. weekend because I you guys know I'm a big Cowboys yeah. fan. Uh, and I had the TV on because uh, I don't. I, it's weird. I don't get the NFL Network in my office, so I had to listen to ESPN and rather than listen to Kuiper and McShay drone on and on, I just <laughs> muted the TV. Um, There's a humor level if you like laughing. But so. uh, I, I see back when I was younger, I used to enjoy Mel Kuiper, and now that I realize yeah, that you're too enlightened. Mel Kuiper's basically that. just kind of turned into a, a rib, a, a parody of his former yeah, self. Yeah, he's kind of a mascot now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, but his cadence, his it's cadence, like Dick Vitale. Like but he used to be yeah. really good. But yeah, yeah. exactly. His cadence is as textbook as anything, though. You can just interchange the words, and it all flows the exact same way. This is true. But yeah. uh, anyone listen to the ticket and the word going around from scouts uh, and some you know people like that who are at the draft or around the draft. Norm Hitzkus is a guy in Dallas has a lot of contact. Um, Holton Hill apparently from his past has four failed drug tests. And I saw another wow. I saw another public I saw a report four? a report that was a tri- the report was attributed to Matt Miller from Bleach Report uh, who no secret Matt's yeah, I like Texas Matt Texas Miller. Um, yeah, he does a good job at NFL draft. And I don't yeah. I didn't see Matt report this, but apparently he said it at some point and it was attributed to him. So if that's not the case, Matt, if you're listening to this or you can win to this, accept my apology in advance. Apparently, CB, get on. Apparently, Holton Hill failed a drug test at the combine, allegedly. Oh, well, that's a big one. Yeah, which totally Damn. explains him not being drafted. Yeah. If that's the case, that yeah. makes sense. If that, you know what? Actually, and, and like I said, we don't know. Actually, know if it's factual or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, because it's kind of uh, now via third person. But it would provide a hell of an explanation. It would make perfect sense. Because I yeah. think the Texans drafted a cornerback in the seventh round, and I was like, Holy. Who? Holy Holton. Yeah. Like, why, well, holy and, Holton Hill. Why don't you draft Holton Hill right there if he failed the drug test at the combine, in addition to that being the big question about him, whether he was disciplined enough mm-hmm. to, you know, I mean, conduct himself as a professional, um, you know what I mean, and he decided, you know, against, basically. Yeah, that would mean he's off of everybody's draft board. I mean, at that point, it's like, well, and it's, you know, it's the Randy Gregory thing, Cowboy. You're a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I and heard Randy his name Gregory today was just again. a more talented prospect, period. Uh, but, you know, even he's still dealing with his issues. It's like Antonio, Antonio Callaway going to the Browns in the third round. Yeah. That's a guy that's got probably top 15 talent 
yeah. this draft. Wow. But he had a sexual assault charge. He had and the debit the yeah. debit card fraud you incident that got him kicked out of Florida. Is, is, you know what hurts Houghton Hill? I hate to say it because I know how deep these scouts do their research because I, I know a lot of these guys. L- Lamar High School and Josh Gordon hurt him. I bet. I'm not joking because yeah. Josh Gordon is from Lamar yeah. High School. People don't realize that. They just and quickly Lamar, connect that in yeah, it, the it, douche. Ain't, it ain't even a question. They, they, they do the research like, damn, Houston Lamar, man, this boy's coming out. They balling. But they also do the research like, hey, there's a little culture coming out of there. Um, and, you know, so Josh Gordon, he's synonymous with Houston Lamar, too. And, of course, he Most is one of those with- rehab stories in the NFL. Right. And I think, you know, I think they just kind of make that connection. Just same thing Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel. They mm-hmm. make that connection. That's not, a, that's not a fair connection. Nope. That's not even an accurate connection. Right. But, but basic deduction. Made, uh, now the Browns. Uh, 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 both from Texas. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield. Quick like point, A-B, boom. You know I mean, they make that connection. So I think it, and whether it's fair or unfair to Houghton Hill, that's the case. And you know what? If he failed his drug test at the combine, then yeah. he just failed the idiot test. Like, you just failed the idiot test. Like, mm-hmm. you are an idiot then. You were like, going to get in clean. This, you had a clean this, slate. This, the idiot, that's the idiot test. Because NFL scouts don't really care about college and the way you conducted yourself that much. Mm-hmm. They really care about how you conduct yourself from the point where you decide, where they declare you to be a professional. You're now no you're already in the system. an amateur athlete. And now at that level, the things that followed him, he allowed to, you know I mean, still uh, detract and be a negative in his draft evaluation. He let those rumors persist. He let those, you know, things stay out there. I, I think that, you know, that's unfortunate. I'm sad to hear that. Yeah, yeah and if you had the two, yeah. I mean, when it's you sad. first talk about, like, he had the pass, say he just had the four, which you can go yeah. with and maybe say that he dropped. And then if he did pee dirty, not only now were they going to give you a clean slate, basically, on those four, you all come in with a clean piss test if you do that the initially. Instead, now he's actually a guy you're already afraid of and already in the system. So now it's going to be even more of a risk if you're just talking about the technical, you know, amount of time on his contract coming up and then being yeah. able that if you pee dirty already, yeah. you're already on negative hit, which is already something you don't even want one of your players to have just because of the risk volatility. They're forward in his career. Now, anybody else with one P test, you'll be just getting into the system. Now you're already paying those ramifications for a rookie that you already knew on the front end. And then there's the second level that if you go and look at just detach all football, but just if you're talking about basic draft science and if you play like fantasy sports or just understand the way that if everybody, it's not as if they collude, but you all know that there's so many marks on somebody that it's not, nobody else is going to take that risk at that position or there's so many other options that there's just no reason to jump into that risk at that point. So everybody can just let him continue to drop and you'll see that the same way certain positions come when everybody knows that you've already filled out a secondary or things like that. Mm -hmm. This is just, okay, there's red flags. Everybody's going to red flag them. We're just going to go and see who wants to pick them up in free agency. Yeah, he didn't deserve to be drafted. Yeah. not saying you won't make a roster, though. Right. He's saying you don't deserve to be drafted. It's just, if, it's if harder you're, to stay If you're going to have those kind of issues, drunk. like I said, you've got to be, you know, and you can even question the franchises that did it. Like you said, the Cowboys are figuring out with Randy Gregory. The Cowboys you, are one of those teams. You better be a Randy Gregory. Hey, brother. Yeah. He's an undrafted free agent, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And look at the problems they're having with David Irving. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, damn. Exactly, yeah. But, but, but that's got seven sacks. That's the but that's the that's the difference between being viewed as a David Irving or, or clearly how the NFL viewed Holton Hill compared Lonnie to McClain. Antonio Antonio Callaway yeah. or, or Randy Gregory, where if you're a guy that's a top 15, top 10, people yeah. like Randy Gregory was a top five talent in what's that draft. The, uh, what's the lineman from uh, that went to Miami with the gas mask, the weed mask? What oh, Laramie Tunsil. Laramie yes. Tunsil, Sorry, yes. Look at that. Still drafted. I was like, hey, mm-hmm. right, we'll deal with it. Like, yes. right. you know because I mean? he isn't the in Josh the system. Allen, the Josh Allen tweet said came out about him when he was like 16 or 17, tweeting out like the n-word and some other derogatory terms like ah that's not him that's not a, he's not a bad guy don't worry about that he's that's just where Even, and, and i'm not saying that they're wrong right i'm yeah. just saying you're right talent well, they'll find a way to explain exactly. it away or to rationalize it or justify it when you don't have the talent level holding then yeah you your margin for error is very very thin well and then now going forward to just look at i mean it's crazy to view it this way but just from an abstract angle looking on the outside as somebody that has a domestic violence case or say somebody that has some type of pre-existing yeah, condition. <laughs> yes, okay, so point being, though, now whenever he comes to work, they don't have give him a domestic abuse test. They don't, because you can't do that. You're either arrested yeah. or not. Yeah. Now, Holton, he already has something that they yeah. give him a test that he already had volunteered, and yeah. now to where that's yeah. just something that viewed on paper by a team is actually maybe worse because there's more of an inclination. Other person has to get arrested, basically, for there to be any yeah. more future. All he has to do is continue what, what he's been doing everywhere, and we have a test for it, even if he isn't caught doing
doing it, like arrest. Um, yeah, it's a test of addiction, and Texas has you know a reputation for it as well. So this is true. That's and a little when, when you were coming. Make the connection. I'm doing the Lamar connection, and yep. even I wanted to look. And over then the Ricky Williams, but Austin. Ricky Williams, and you know there've been some other guys, Kwame Caville in the past, and it's mm. been you know. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a connection with Texas. Did okay, and no, Austin, I should say, no, yes. to Willie Nelson. Yes, guys, I'm not making this up. I know it sounds it's all of it. But Kate Willie Will. Nelson's reputation for being an avid weed smoker in Austin, the Austin culture, and every all those scouts have been to Austin, and they freaking love Austin too. Yes. But they also think to themselves, "Damn, these guys are living here in Austin." This is, you know, and then they make the Ricky Williams connection right. and all that. Coach kind of stuff, Royal and, just and rolled with Willie for hurting Houghton Hill right now. Like he can't, ha- he can't escape them. And unfortunately, a lot of that's his own doing. I thought about this, Rod. It is it, knowing what we know now, and look, we knew the the suspension this last year. All indications were that it was for a drug test. Like we, Texas yeah, was we not going to release that yeah. information, and then we suspect when they don't release era, the information. There was also some yeah. of that. Yeah. When there's no but, arresting, right. you get the information. It's normally that. Knowing what we know now, I was thinking about this yesterday, and people are like, well, Holton should have come back. Holton should have come back. To oh, me, really? looking at Holton Hill's his trajectory and, and his decision to come out, yeah. it really mirrors the Kwame Cavill decision because I don't think Kwame wanted to leave school. No, he did. But he kind of had to. Yeah, it, too. Yeah. It was one of those things. Well, well he didn't know what Matt Coach Brown was going to do. Right. Remember, Coach Brown was new to that. He, he was, just knew he was suspended for the bowl game. That was it. Yeah, so he wasn't sure exactly what Coach, how Brown, Coach Brown was going to treat him coming back if he was going to be, you know, made an example of. It's a new regime. Right. Matt came in in 98. This happened to him in 99. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the yeah, bowl you know game. I mean? like, it was so the bowl he's game. He's not sure. There's still a culture that's being built, and he's like, damn, man. It's so he obviously spending me for the bowl game. Maybe Matt's going to just tell me to part ways, you know what I mean, and and, and start bringing in his, his receivers, which he did. <laughs> Good yeah. young receiver. But my point is, I agree with you. I think Houghton Hill made the decision that I don't know Tom Herman that well. This is my first year with him, and he already suspended me for the rest of the year. Yeah. What is he going to do next year right. to punish me? Am I going to be third on the depth chart and buried? Like, you know what I mean? And then forgotten about, and people are like, man, that guy should have left when he was a junior. So you just don't know. That uncertainty, um, I think, gives them more incentive to leave. Um, he was facing a suspension at the beginning of the year. Had they not exactly. made a bowl game, it would have been the first three games. Yeah, so. And, but since Texas did make a bowl game, or it would have been the first two. And, and, but regardless, yeah, exactly. it's... At the time, he was a first or second round pick, right, maybe well, if he didn't fail a pick. It's, regardless, it's, there's a long time between the time you're suspended in November of 2017 and mm-hmm. when you come off of that suspension in September of 2018, a lot of stuff can change, Rod. You're standing on the team, your status on the depth chart, how yeah, your position coach balling, views you. Yeah, some youngsters yeah. All those youngsters you about. You know what I mean? You couldn't yeah. even get on the field before. Yeah, he, and he, and I hope he'll do this. He was being, uh, some I'm sure was advising him. And I, I, listen, still I still was think smart if he didn't go. allegedly fail a drug test at the combine, he would have been drafted. I think, and I, I was shocked. I was like stupefied. I was like, how the hell is this guy not going drafted in the sixth or seventh round? That's again, why. If he really did fail a drug test that at the combine, sense. then it does make sense. perfect sense. Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a break. But when we come back, we're going to keep the conversation going, talking more about the Texas Longhorns in the NFL draft when we come back. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. Let's talk about Puna Ford, and let's talk about really the the Northwest uh, hmm. Pacific Northwest Longhorns because awesome. Seattle's racking them up, man. Yeah. Earl Thomas is there. They traded mm-hmm. Marcus Johnson came over in the Michael Bennett trade. Yeah. Tyrone mm-hmm. Swoops is on the practice squad. Yeah. Jason Hall signs a free agent deal yeah. with the Seahawks. Michael Dixon gets drafted. Getting there. that Charlie team and Puna Ford. Uh, Puna Ford uh, gets uh, he signs there yeah. as an undrafted free agent. Rod, when you look at Puna Ford, knowing oh, what man. you know about the league, what do you think his chances are to make that roster? I think they're pretty good because. Uh, Seattle's got some salary issues on their D line anyway. They would love they they would love for an undrafted free agent to possibly make that roster. Those people don't mm-hmm. realize about the NFL. You look at the want. salary cap. You know the NFL. That's why this is the reason the Patriots had un- eighteen undrafted free agents on their Super Bowl roster. Eighteen undrafted free agents. Yeah. All right. So other than the rookie quarterback contract, which is the biggest advantage in the NFL you can get, what the Philadelphia Eagles had, what the Seahawks, Seahawks had, hell, what the Patriots dynasty was built on, a rookie quarterback contract mm-hmm. because that's less than 2% or 1% of the salary cap, then you have 99% of the salary cap to build the rest of your team. Other than that advantage, free undrafted free agents are the biggest discount or the biggest bargain, best bang for your buck in the league if yeah. one of those guys can make your roster. Bill Belichick understands it all too well. So he's like, no, I would love, if, if, if I got an undrafted free agent that's doing the same job as you or even close to what you're doing and I got to pay you 5 to $6 million, dude, you are out. I will coach this guy. 
Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm the best damn coach in the league. So I'll coach this guy. And Seattle does a really good job of it, too. Right. Seattle's really big on undrafted free agents. Two years ago, I want to say they had 46. Seven starts by undrafted free agents in 2016. You ran down the numbers one time, that Super Bowl defense they had. Go look at uh, it, man. That beat the Broncos. I want to say Earl Thomas was the only player that was... He was the only was... first-round pick in that defensive backfield, and Bruce Irving was the only first-round pick on the defensive front. And I think everybody, everybody else were late-round picks. Or undrafted. Or undrafted. Or undrafted. Or undrafted. Or undrafted. Or undrafted. Like Cam yep. Chancellor Michael and Richard Sherman an and all those guys. Yeah, so that's the best bargain. And for a guy like Puna to end up with Seattle, who loves to take advantage of that he's in the perfect situation mm, oh my god it's perfect so good situation no, and those two organizations yeah. are just the way you laid that out was so perfect and it's, it reminded me of what i see in the nba all the time but when you talk about it's like a religion that you're talking about yeah. it's like it's literally mm-hmm. these principles that everything the foundation of the organization is going to be founded upon and it's because they find those value spots you yep. just named That's which exactly ones right. they are the quarterback or say like a undrafted free agent that can contribute immediately because then you can get them locked in earlier long term yep. and get the best production so see the thing is is we, we see the same thing those value spots in basketball we found out after the fact now you thought the post was always the most valuable one but they're really the corner threes yeah, so then the what do you see these guys that are devalued or people that not even wanted across a lot the league for a long time like guys like Mbamute or pj tucker that defend the most valuable part of the floor mm-hmm. and can make the shots from the most valuable part of the floor and then if you look at a per dollar production and impact like Mbamute days like I believe like the most profitable player in all of basketball this year yeah. you look at PJ Tucker or like when you're going to watch LeBron tonight whenever OG and Obi the new guy that they mm-hmm. drafted to be that guy and be that exact position and use that yep. same either veteran minimum contract or rookie contract mm-hmm. and you put those type in there and that's why this is similar to like a, then if you can get the rookie minimum which is the yeah. free agent As in the NFL yes. no that's question. what they're doing and it's yep. so awesome to see because it's all about organizationally Buying in on what truly data-wise is, is the most valuable yeah. on the court. And yes, then we're going to go get all the best players. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to go to, we aren't t- neglecting the players. Yeah. But let's focus on guys that do these things the best or this area that is most needed at the value point. And that's why all the same teams are at the top of the playoffs every single year when we talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. So you had six guys sign undrafted free agent deals. Holton Hill and mm-hmm. Armani Foreman with the Vikings. Jason Hall and Puna Ford with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Antoine Davis. Davis with the Detroit Lions, Nashawn Hughes with the Green Bay Packers, and Tristan Nicholson is yeah, going to go to that. minicamp with the Tampa Bay Bucks. It's for him. And Texas has been, let's be honest, a bargain bin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically been like a Costco for these NFL teams since Texas has been <laughs> down since 2010. Like, the talent it. goes undeveloped. Yes, I agree with that. It doesn't reach its ceiling, but the NFL still knows there's a ton of talent, talent. here. And they always come for the, free, the undrafted free agents, man. And they get great Brown, They're going to be angry Adrian, when Herman Phillips, Bruce Johnson. Trey Hopkins, on. Kent Chris Perkins. Chris Whaley was there for a while. Chris Whaley was with the Cowboys for two years. Yeah, man. We screwed over it's, a it lot of guys. It doesn't always work out. Jackson Shipley, it doesn't always work out. And they're not including the guys that go to Canada and play professionally, too. It doesn't always Jackson. work out. But, yeah, man, you definitely, you could tell the NFL's like, no, 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 they got talent down there. I could see it. They watch that film. They go, no, no, they got talent. You know, Rod, I had a story on the site this week, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. I saw it. This was a good story. Just looking at the, the rookie class of 2014, which yeah. was that disastrous, forgettable draft that mm-hmm. Texas had where nobody was drafted, broke. Mm-hmm. A 76 year streak of guys getting drafted. But when you look at that draft, a lot of guys in that rookie class yep. have had various degrees of success mm-hmm. in the NFL. Adrian Phillips, 41 games in four years, going into his fifth year with the Chargers. Rod, he's, they brought him back on a one year deal. The terms yeah. were not disclosed, but what do you figure your guaranteed money is for a fifth year guy on a one year deal? Oh, dude. Even if it's the minimum. I would say he's probably getting three to four million, right? Okay. With the Easily. position versatility, he yeah, may be getting I, I, more. I, mean, I don't too. know exactly I'll what Google. they value him as. But I would say he's probably getting three, maybe three million. Okay, because you know, he's fifth year. He's been he's been with that team too the whole entire time. Right. You know what I mean? uh, Trey Hopkins, two years on the practice squad, got promoted late to the main roster late in the 2016 mm-hmm. season. Was hurt for a couple games last year, but ended up starting 12 games for the Bengals. Isn't that crazy? At right guard, Donald Hawkins has spent part yeah. of four different seasons with eight different teams, and he was with the Cowboys. I want to see he was with the Cowboys in 2014 uh, when they had their deep playoff run, and he was mm-hmm. he was on the active roster. But I think he was. 
was inactive for for a lot of those games. He, I think he dressed for a few games though. Uh, but he's been you know gotten eight games under his belt. No, Jackson Jeffcoats had an interesting oh, man. football career. Natural he was pass uh, signed with the Seahawks. Was cut by the Seahawks. Uh, went to the Washington Redskins or Rod, as you would call them, the Washington Redskins. It's true. Um, <laughs> he's 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 with Washington for a couple of years. 2014, he he gets his uh, gets his first NFL sack against Mark Sanchez in Week 16. The next week, he gets his first start and gets his first and only interception huh. against Tony Romo. Amen. So it, then they were they were going to bring him back. He had an injury, uh, had an injury with the Cleveland Browns, and this is interesting. Yeah. Man, I, I caught up with Jackson a couple years ago, right after uh, he had a back surgery, and he had back problems going back to his time in high school yep. uh, at Plano West. And he told me he's like, man, I've felt this good in a long, long time. Uh, he I think he was getting ready to go to Canada at that time, and he ends up going to Canada, and he had seven sacks for Winnipeg last year. That's crazy. He's coming back to play another year. In it's the hard CFL. to get sacks in the CFL, man. Yeah. <laughs> so props to Jackson Jeffcoat for manufacturing something out of his football career. He was a, you know, a lot of these guys' injuries, when you look at Adrian Phillips, had a shoulder man. problem. Trey Hopkins had a stress fracture in his foot yep. late in his senior year. Jeffcoat with the two torn pecs. Yep. Uh, Chris Whaley with a knee injury that mm-hmm. really kind of started really the, the end of his football career. Of his career. You know, the yep. Cowboys the Cowboys valued Chris Whaley so much, they signed him as an undrafted free agent and immediately put him on IR, knowing they were going to get nothing out of him that first year. They bring him back for a second year. He tears his Achilles in training camp, yeah. and boom, that was all she wrote. Carrington Bynum uh, got four man, games to the Carolina, three games the Carolina yeah. Panthers uh, in 2014, was a practice squad guy for the Cardinals in 2015, and then he was released by the Baltimore Ravens in 2016 after uh, Rod, explain to me real quick the injury settlement, because I know uh, Duke Thomas, I think, had an injury settlement with the Texans before. Duke yeah. Thomas is another guy. Cowboys. Duke Thomas with the Cowboys yeah. now, and he's probably going to be on their active roster, on their mm-hmm. 53-man roster this year. Um, yeah, usually it's be uh, they want to cut a guy and uh, they can't cut him because of their restrictions based on the CBA about um, how long you've been hurt and when you got hurt and your situation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's all about when you had the surgery and all that kind of stuff. So there are a lot of restrictions on it. Basically, they decide to you know pay you a settlement so that you won't try to sue them, uh, go through the Players Association and file a dispute. When they, yeah, grievance when they cut you. Okay. So they say, hey, man, we're going to pay you. We know in your contract it says this. They'll get what your agent says. Hey, man, your contract it says you're going to earn this in off-season roster bonus or whatever the hell else. And, hey, man, we'll pay you this. We'll pay you two times that. So could we just want to cut you and have you be quiet be, and sign this thing. You know, yeah. your, your, uh, I guess your dead money or your cap money was going to be, uh, you know, yeah. uh, $250,000. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll give you three fifty dollars yeah. to, to go out the door. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. just get, exactly, to sign this. This, this waiver and say it's all good. Hey, something I'm, like that. Uh, yeah, because yeah, they can't cut you. It's all I, I don't know how exactly how it works with the injuries, but they can't just cut you when you get hurt. Like that's yeah, right. that's no. in the CBA. They can't just be like, oh, that guy got hurt. We gotta cut him. Done. Yeah, they gotta make an excuse by it the has end to of be the an year. Excuse and it's got, they gotta they gotta formulate it. And usually it's like, man, can we just pay this guy and yeah. <laughs> have him sign something? And usually the, the player will just sign it. Yeah. Very rarely do you get a dispute about that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you get the big money or yeah. those. Because you know they're gonna find a way to cut you anyway. And I mean, the teams have gotten so smart because back in the day they would go and maybe do something that would still be on books but now they find ways to be able to get exactly. you as quickly I think off actually the books it probably is about not having as a part of your you know your salary your dead money your salary cap exactly because like the Mets yeah. are still paying Bobby Bonilla from 20 years ago yeah. when you look at certain dumb contracts from back in the day that certain teams did but when you said the name earlier Jeff I bet some other Longhorn fans had the mind triggered since you were just going through the laundry list of former guys that were undrafted and when you said Mark Sanchez I thought you were going to give us a Brandon Moore update just because he's I the butt. Forgot about he, Brandon Moore. But he and he's uh, will be yeah. never remembered in any football history, yeah. but he's the most famous football play because people that don't even know football about call it the butt fumble just because yeah. of the bump fumble, and that's his butt. So like <laughs> being Longhorn Blitz, that was his it's, butt. And, and it's the most fitting thing that Longhorn fans do not want great. Brandon Moore around. No, that was wow. a different. That's a different Brandon Moore. That's Brandon, a different Brandon Moore. That's Brandon a different Moore. Brandon Moore. Yes, yes. it's got to be because he played D tackle, right? Right. Okay. The Texas Brandon yeah. Moore. Had I oh, believe man, it was, that makes it so much worse. He left early too. Remember, I believe it Can was he leave early? Yes. yeah. I believe it was Matt Miller who got with me after that pro day. Oh man! And he said, "Hey, was Brandon Moore's pro day that bad?" I'm like, it was "Yeah, terrible. wasn't really impressive." I said, "Why?" He said, "I had a he said I had a scout tell me it was the absolute worst was horrible, pro day man. workout he had ever seen man. in his life." That's before Orlando Brown, but still, it was really bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> Orlando Brown, I heard the same thing. Like it was the worst pro day I've ever watched. They had to start him over during drills. He's that like, makes your pro day bad. But it like, dude. You got to go 100%. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's discouraging, so, too. 
too. The I bottom would, line is there's a path for these undrafted free agents to make it to the league. Uh, it's just really hard. And, and, it and ain't you know, easy, man. I had, a, I had a, again, a conversation with Jackson Jeffcoat about this. I said, what's the toughest thing about making it uh, as, a, as a UFA guy? And he said, the toughest thing is they don't have anything invested in you. Nope. So if they see something wrong or. You say it. Uh, yeah. A guy just don't like it. Coaches don't, yeah. I don't like the cut of his then, jib. Then you're done. <laughs> done. Yeah. You didn't go speak to the guy in the I challenge you to do it. an attitude. Done. You're gone. Mm-hmm. So unless you got to find coaches that white. I always say that's a, it's like a it's Knights of the Round Table kind of table that all those coaches sit at. And if one of those coaches ain't on your side and he's like, man, I like Rod B. Rod B. He works hard, man. He stays at practice. He's always here lifted. Rod Babers can. I'll tell you, that's the only reason I stay with Detroit. I didn't, I didn't play long. I played like six to seven games with the Lions. Yeah. yeah. I was hurt the rest of the time. But I, I was always speaking to coaches and, hey, coach, go watch the film. I oh, was yeah. that guy, dude. I was, man, it's going to be hard to cut. Make it hard to cut you. Yes. Like, damn, they should feel bad about cutting you. Like, damn, I got to cut this dude. This is a good dude, man. He's a good, you know what I mean? Make and that, that human thing. element. I understood. I didn't go home when I was hurt with the Detroit Lions. I stayed up there the whole damn time. Some people go home when yeah. they hurt. Like, I'm going to go home and train. What? Hell no, I ain't going home and They're training. They're going to see me. I, I did go you were Costanza. You were Costanza. You know what I mean? That was my that was my that was my mistake. I went home for a while and then I learned via the ESPN crawl and I was being cut. You know what I mean? Because they, they had to see me every day. It's hard to cut you. Right. It's hard to cut. You. They see you every day. I'm there every day. Nobody else is there. Like damn, Rod Babers is out there out there doing some drills, man. Like they ain't nobody coaches up here. Literally, Rod Babers is out there. So I made it hard for them to cut me, man. That was kind of my claim to fame. I wasn't running the great player in the league. I made it. I probably got vested in the league because I got a pension because I was a likable. Guy, and I made sure I was always around. I was, if, I was that yeah. annoying dude that was always around. <laughs> Puna Ford's listen to this. Take notes from Rod B. Make yourself stay, hard. To, stay around. Just be around. Make yourself hard to be cut. Because when you're when you're when you're not around, it's easy for them to say negative things. But when you're around, you're talking to go. You're. The, the, I just shook his hand. Now he's walking into the meeting. It's like man, that Rod Babers is crazy. Man, I was talking to him about fried chicken. That dude's crazy. You well, know what I mean? Like, boo. And you know what I mean? It's got to be positive. When they sit down and have those meetings, I don't like that guy. He didn't work hard. Yeah, I saw him take a loaf at, at practice today. Why the hell is he on the team and nobody like him? Cut him. That's well, how it works out. Cut him. You want them having that conversation? It's like, man, we think we gotta cut Babers. No, man. We all about why we cut? We can't cut somebody else. You want people fighting for you, and when people stop fighting for you, you're done. Especially as an undrafted free agent or just a ride beat. While yeah. you were in the process of this, though, were you self aware enough to know that you were playing out the Costanza principle? Like while you're in, oh, the, because no you doubt. were a Seinfeld. No so you were going home watching that Seinfeld yes. episode and oh, knowing yeah. that Costanza just parks the car at the Dude, facility. I the whole doing, time. They had a cafeteria there. I wouldn't be doing stuff. I would go up there. I'd work out in the morning. I'd What's eat. Up, man? I'd go watch film. I'd go work out again in the afternoon. And I'd, you know, if I was rehab, to do rehab, i rehab. But I was always around. I spent eight, eight, nine-hour days at the facility. That's awesome. Just hanging out. Yeah. And people were like, be seen everywhere. Always I'm part of the family now. Everybody know me. I'm, what happened to Robbie? Y'all cut Robbie. What the hell, man? Babies look good, man. And they, they will hear from everybody. Janitorial staff. Reminds me of me. that radio you know station I, mean? I worked at. Yeah, like, you got to make it hard. Don't go home. Do not do not go home and play video games. Stay up there and just do everything you're gonna do up there at the facility. Dude, they would think you're working hard as hell. I worked out twice a day, but I stayed up there for eight hours. So they're like, man, Babers is up here getting it. I'm like, I'm getting it, but obviously I'm just I'm being smart about it. You wave at Matt Millen and then you go sleep under the desk, yeah. get up and then you get <laughs> go ready to eat go. Something, go snack. Oh, Jerry, Jerry Rice walked in the sauna. Let yeah. me go check out the Dude, sauna. And you gotta this. do that. That's that's part of it. When you are not a guaranteed guy to make the roster, fake oh. it till you make it, man. That's awesome. That's all I did. And then Rod, the, the other Can't thing about your pro career that I love is, is <laughs> as uh, <laughs> and, and you were a fourth, you were a fourth round draft pick, yeah. uh, borderline top one hundred pick. And every time you got cut, the conversation oh, changed a little bit. Oh, every time, because every time you got you get cut, you kind of you lose value almost. You know what I mean? You lose value. It's weird in the league uh, because it's like uh, it's like it's like the old thing, right? Um, no woman wants a man hmm. who isn't committed already in, in some way uh, to or another five woman. Five ex-wives. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the women want a man who is wanted by the women, mm-hmm. right? So if you're getting cut, and teams are like, "Why the hell I want to do? He been cut four times. <laughs> Obviously, he might be a problem with up. him. Like you know if he's I mean? been like, divorced five why would times. I want this guy, yeah. So I think you do lose value, and you got to find other ways to bring yourself back to the league. So you got to go to open trial. I went to tryout with the uh, with the Patriots. I went to a tryout for Belichick. It was me and like Terrell Buckley, and Terrell T-Buck. Buckley got the job mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and loitered know. it around but the Belichick Ritley was there for a decade. Us on the sideline, Belichick came out to at least watch. I was like, hey. Hey. 
better check my man. Man, man watch me. And I guess that's obviously I didn't I didn't impress enough. Bill, so they but took, Terrell Buckley was a good player. Oh, that's I, big I was, like, time. Ashamed of, they took forty five year old Terrell Buckley. Over Terrell Buckley was old as hell. He, he was, was the next Dion, but he was cool. Like he was cool. I think we like went to lunch after that. After, after he was we probably done. Terrence Newman's age um, right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember all those things. I mean, but that's yeah. You just have to go on tryouts, and then teams will pick you up. You have coaches that liked you. You know, back in the day, they he gets a new job. He likes Rod B. <laughs> hey, bring in Rod B. Shan- I was I was good. I was cool with the Shanahan. So what? Shanahan's brought me in. You know what I mean? It's weird those relationships that work out that end up helping you. So it is one of those things like it's not about what you know. It is about who you know. The NFL is the same thing. It ain't that different. Than well, your you life. got the leftover said Griffin, and then now old man uh, Tinu up Tinu's there. Still up in, playing. Well, good I know, but I, that made me think of Walton Hill. That what is Tinu's going to be around for a year to try to you know bring along the young Walton Hill? And like I started thinking, I was like, oh well, said G was there. Maybe said G still has some connections up there. Just it made me think about those two. No, no, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, Terrence Newman thing. Yeah. So Rod, I want to spend a few the few minutes we got left on the show this week looking at guys and relating it to the current team and who's going to replace them. Uh, when you look, actually, of all of these guys, you look at the six guys that were uh, yeah. that were signed as free agents, seven if you include Tristan Nicholson, uh, and the four guys who were drafted. That's 11 guys. Which of these 11 guys do you think is going to be the toughest for tax place in 2018? <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I think maybe the guy who went undrafted the and punter? he pulled a forward. No. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. The punter will be also. The punter is irreplaceable, but hey, they got another Australian punter coming his in. His cousin. Apparently, it's a, it's a pipeline. It's so his like, cousin. He's from the same school and all that. Bloodline, man. Dixon's like texting him, so I think he'll be okay. You it's should, his cousin. Yeah, Texas should recruit a pro, recruit a pro kick guy from here on out. Yeah, what 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 is the name of the academy? Pro kick. Pro yeah. kick. Yeah, man. Those guys, they're money in the bank. Um, I think Puna because last year the defense was based on the the mo of you stop the run that makes them one dimensional. That's the number one thing you do. He was Top the priority. pivot. And then after you stop the run, you get after the quarterback like like nobody's business. All right, because then you make them one dimensional. You got to pass the ball. You get after the quarterback, and then you force turnovers. Those that was the three step modus operandi for Todd Orlando. Well, you had a 20, I think it was a 27% stuff rate last year. Yes, I'll Some pull it ridiculous up. which is the uh, which the amount of runs you stop at the line of scrimmage or behind the line yes. of scrimmage. Dude, you have any idea? That's better than Alabama stuff rate. Like that's un- insane. And Texas won the best in the country. I think they were top five. So if you look at that, that started with Puna Ford because he would he would be able to penetrate and he'd be he'd be able to get in the backfield and disrupt things. And I got the and numbers that go, are insane. Yeah, that's Stuff you, rate, right? Yes, I did my own stuff right off of because uh, football study hall basically they do run stuffs, and if you divide tackles by run stuffs, that'll give you your run stuff rate. Okay, forty two point eight percent. He had twelve run stuffs and twenty eight tackles. Oh, Puna? Yes. Oh wow, his stuff rate was what? Forty two point eight. If you're going wow. straight off of run stuff rate, so the ratio of run stuff, you had twenty eight tackles. Your numbers, Matt? Uh, your this numbers? is football study football hall. Study. Oh, okay. So wow. when you look at, he had twenty eight tackles accredited to him. That's crazy. And then if you were to have 12 run stuffs, that means 12 tackles that were at or behind. So (laughs) 42.8% of his, when he got a tackle, were run stuffs because he is meeting you at the line of scrimmage or behind. Then when you ran at him, his success rate. And D linemen are always going to be the better numbers to then linebackers just because they have the opportunity of being there. But his was 17.6%. So the success rate of the offense when running at Puna in his area that the gap he committed, it was 17. So basically a sixth of the time yeah. that they were going to get three yards to and stay which on means, So you talk about the stuff, right? The actual plays that he made. Think about how many times he Diverted. was able to divert somebody. The way Rudy Jobert. You exactly. don't block every yes. shot. You Mo alter Mamba. shots. Same thing with Mamba. He's exactly. Like, I got to twerk it here And you can more. see that yeah. on film. It doesn't come it. up in the stats. But, but then when exactly. the stats show you the utter dominance that he had 28 tackles and 12 of which were wow. at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's crazy. Yeah. Puna Ford last year Eight in terms of, loss. you know, um, pro football focus chart stops, uh, which a stop for them is, uh, let me give you the actual definition. His tackle for loss rate was 28.57. Wow. He had eight tackles for loss and 28 tackles. They consider a stop any solo tackle that results in a negative play for the offense. So uh, that would a, be that's like a, a tackle for loss. Yeah, that's a zero, zero gain or, or, or TFL. Uh, Poon Ford had 28 last year. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like it was freakish. It didn't. It, it was like Malik that, Jefferson. To put that in perspective, Malik Jefferson at fifty-seven, Gary Johnson at thirty-three. Um, who was next? Malcolm Roach had twenty-one. Yeah. So that's the that's the company Puna Ford was. Last you know year. what I mean? Only Gary Johnson and Malik Jefferson. He's, had more. he's doing that from a D tackle position. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's well, and that's where you talk about unique. the so, way defenses are built. It, like that, he was that pivot of a yeah. defense. Like you might have a shutdown corner that you focus the defense so, around, but how every defense has a pivot point. You were saying that's going to be probably yes, Orlando's. Because Orlando's got to figure out now, okay, now how do I replicate that? Now, you're going to yeah. use your really skilled natural pass rushers like Hager and Aminahu to stop the run? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do you want to do that? Or am I going to see you use more uh, exotic uh, personnel packages and bring guys out from the back seven, from the second and from linebackers? I think a lot of that will have, have to do with the linebacker health and how many linebackers you have at your disposal. Same with DBs. And last year, remember the havoc rate you brought up, Matt? Yes. He brought most of his pressure from the secondary. Mm-hmm. Right. The secondary is what applied most of the pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Second the defense in the nation. Yeah, the defensive line didn't apply a ton of pressure. Hundreds. Exactly. So if you flip that, it's like, okay, well, now you'll get a lot of pressure from your D-line. Hager and Roach. Uh, sorry, Hager, Roach, and Aminahu. Those depending on how you want to use those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you, uh, now how do you divest from the secondary applying pressure in your defensive scheme to now letting you get, letting get, letting your defense get pressure with the front, just the front alone, and now what do you do with the back end guys? Like, I'm, just, I, I'm sure he's up to the task. I'm just interested to see how he's going to accomplish it. Yes, right. the puzzle piece, because like yes. it's really funny the way we brought up value points earlier, and this is a perfect example of it here and how the pieces were used, because of course you can get, you know, pass rush ability yeah. from your pass rush positions, but that's sort of like, you know, just not getting anything added to what mm-hmm. the expectation is, so it's the same idea of a center that can't hit threes. Well, you're supposed to be big. You're supposed to go do the stuff big guys do. Exactly. But if you can go to the outside and now be comfortable where others are uncomfortable and be able to get that advantage, it makes your versatility and your top end better. It's the same idea. Don't just waste away your pass rushers doing what pass rushers do. If you can bring pressure from other spots exactly and then right. you can change it, it's always malleable to the situation. And then you use the big guys up front if you need them that game. But if not, you're getting above expected value from the other positions and that's where you can really have your top end accumulate amongst all 11 roster spots to be the better team. All right, guys, let's take a timeout, but when we come back, we're going to pick up the conversation talking about the 2018 Texas team and which guys are going to replace the departing Longhorns who are now headed off to the NFL. We'll do that when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. I want to go to offense real quick and uh, talk about replacing Connor Williams because we saw last year, kind of as we expected, um, if something were to happen to Connor Williams, the offense would not be very good. And even with Connor Williams, it still wasn't a great offense. Uh, But you talk about replacing Connor Williams. Rod, for you, what are the realistic expectations for Calvin Anderson? Because I think this fan base looks at him and sees a recruitment that came down to Michigan and Auburn and and Oklahoma and all these schools being interested. And you know you're getting a guy that's experienced, which is uh, it's a godsend to have a guy that's got 36 career starts coming mm-hmm. from Rice. But I, I don't think people need to get the wrong. And this is no disrespect to Calvin Anderson, but it's not like you're getting Connor Williams back. No, you know it's yeah. still a step down. But you've got a veteran guy that has a ceiling where he might get drafted for next, a collegiate next guy. Spring. So, in your mind, with a couple minutes we got left, and we could pick this up next week, what are the realistic expectations for Calvin Anderson in your mind? Um, like, if I'm asking Robbie, Robbie, what do you need to get out of Calvin Anderson? Well, I, I definitely need the leadership. I mean, he's expected to come in and be the natural leader of that old line, not only with the way that he motivates them and you know, leads them on the field, but I think he's supposed to be the best player, we assume, like, instantly when he's on that old line. He's going to be the anchor of that offensive line, and he's actually raising the expectations for himself. If you follow him on Twitter, He's he's expecting big things of himself. Like right. he actually is coming in with those uh, those I would say really high expectations on his shoulders. So yeah, I expect him to play at a level where a guy can get drafted. I expect him to play at an NFL caliber level. He's got a Sunday skill set. He's a guy that I expect to be drafted somewhere late in the NFL draft next next NFL draft. Like if he plays at that level, Texas is going to be in a good situation. Yeah, and that's, that's where he's got to play. The type of so uh, we can 
end this streak of not having player, not having O lineman drafted, which we did, but not that shouldn't be an aberration. That should be something that happens every year from Texas. Right. Yeah, and a guy like him's a uh, your prototypical semi overachiever that has always maximized mm-hmm. wherever he's went, and then it sort of shows. Well, you have that built in disadvantage, the flaw of where you didn't go super school initially. But if we're talking about just a college fifth year guy versus a third year college top end prospect, but Connor Williams who dealt with injuries and even though it was really awesome his first two years, it still was you're drafting him on top end ability. Performance wise, if you got a polished product that just doesn't mm-hmm. have the top end ability that's coming from a place where the IQ, maybe the learning curve, everything's gonna come pretty quick, you can expect similar type production. Now maybe not as good, but if you're talking eighty five percent or eighty, it's bigger than the cavernous risk that comes with an incoming yep. prospect that has a high upside but doesn't have any type of proven this is about as safe of a bet that you can bring in from college than anywhere else I agree so I'm just intrigued to see how the whole thing works because if Calvin Anderson is what this staff thinks he is, which they think he's a guy that could play you know, at an all Big 12 mm-hmm. type level yep. and be in a position to be a draft pick next spring, Rod, I don't even know if you can quantify how much better that makes your offense to have a guy like that for 12 games. Yeah. On top of the experience now you bring back with Derek Kersner having a year under his belt and Vahe and Shackelford being your two most yeah. experienced guys, and you get Patrick Hudson back at some point who should push some guys uh, and be in a position to play. It's been a while play. since you've had this much experience on line yeah you know what i mean because calvin anderson is very experienced it's you you've got some experience and and yeah anderson was a two-year starter that 30 36 three years started every game he played at rice yeah wow yeah so you combine that i think vahe's 31 starts i think shackleford's 17 it's been a while since Um, we've had this much veteran experience on cursed at her 10 starts last year okafor i think had four last year rodriguez has three in his career but he's been around for a while exactly so it's starting to look up for that group it is man that's a working progress it's, it's finally time where Texas can turn the page on the offensive line because now you know you got a guy in Herb Hand who can develop talent who d- brings everything that you mm-hmm. need him to bring with the run game schemes. But now I think with Connor Williams getting drafted and Calvin Anderson coming in and knowing that you're not changing offensive schemes, you're tweaking the existing scheme. You're not doing yeah. a wholesale change as has been the norm around here. I think now you can finally settle into it and, and let give Herb Hand a few years to recruit guys that fit what this offense can. Do. You know, Rod, because you know certain offensive linemen are good in certain schemes. If you're going to be a zone yep. team, you're going to be a gap team, whatever whatever you're going to hang your hat on, you need certain personnel that fits that scheme. And to me, that's the big takeaway from this draft as we get out of here. When you look at the guys getting drafted out of Texas, it's still mostly defensive guys. Yep. And that goes back to the offensive identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And until that gets resolved, and that's from scheme to quarterback play to line play yeah. to, to putting the developing the talent, yep. everything, everything, this trend isn't going to change. I think this draft is a sign that it's going in the right direction. It's got a chance to get mm-hmm. there, but still a lot of work for Tom Herman and the staff to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. We talked about the running back position. Hell, I'm gonna, not going to talk recruiting, but the, the recent wide receiver uh, recruitment that Wilson, failed yeah. here, yeah, close to home, and what he said about, you know, guys go to Texas and they don't necessarily, you know, achieve uh, at that position. These are all things that Texas and Tom Herman have to address offensively. That's why he was brought here, ladies and gentlemen. He is the offensive guru. So if he can't fix the offense, then, you know, yeah. then we're SOL. But I got faith in him, and I think he's on the right track. I agree. You see enough signs that lead you to yeah. believe, okay, I, I have, I have faith. faith that this no process doubt. will lead where you know, everybody exactly. expects it to lead and where this program needs it to lead. All right, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that when we come back as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Hey there, it's Reese and Irvy from, from the, the franchise, franchise concept Reese and Irvy's. By now you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds. To date, we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise options. Opportunities of 2018. With no employees, no rent, no brick and mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Revenue for you, smiles for them. We secure our franchisees' high foot traffic locations like cinemas, hotels, tourist attractions, colleges, and malls. From installation to instant sensation, we provide you all the tools for Froyo success. No experience is necessary, and full and part time franchise opportunities are available. To find out if your territory is still available, go to to FroyoFranchising.com to learn more and be sure to enter promo code 2323. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 2323. 
As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Gary, why aren't you outside enjoying the party? Uh, hey, Michelle, it's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I've had it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Wow, you're back fast. Yeah, I feel much better. Now this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Ryan! I don't know how else to say this, so I'll just say it. What is it, Linda? I think we should see other people. Are you breaking up with me on a roller coaster? Well, we do have a lot of fun. Maybe we should stay together. An emotional roller coaster? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. I just need a little me time. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hi, Tom Bodette, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com. Mederma Quick Dry Oil is now preferred by consumers over bio oil for its faster and more complete absorption. Quick Dry Oil is multi-purpose, helping improve the look of skin, scars, and stretch marks. Plus, it contains a unique blend of nourishing botanicals in a paraben and dye-free formulation with fast-absorbing, lightweight oils to hydrate and improve the look of skin. Visit Mederma.com to find out more. Are you or someone you love one of the nearly 1 million Americans living with Parkinson's disease? There is no known cure, but you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will help get you started. Visit MichaelJFox.org slash participant pack to download the new Parkinson's trial participant pack. It's free and available right now. That's MichaelJFox.org slash participant pack. Visit today. Hey there, it's Reese and Irvy from, from the, the franchise, franchise concept Reese and Irvy's. By now you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds. To date, we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018. With no employees, no rent, no brick and mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Revenue for you smiles for them we secure our franchisees high foot traffic locations like cinemas hotels tourist attractions colleges and malls from installation to instant sensation we provide you all the tools for froyo success no experience is necessary and full and part-time franchise opportunities are available to find out if your territory is still available go to froyofranchising.com to learn more and be sure to enter promo code 2323 that's froyofranchising.com promo code 2323 Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, the Horn app, AM 1260, everybody at the Austin Radio Network, where you can hear Rod Babers each and every day on the Rodcast. Shame three. And thanks to Matt, you get us on iTunes, TuneIn, any podcast app out there, and you can get all of our archives, including this show, on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7.